So we try to make this experience as inclusive as possible. And by trying to include everything, we also try to bring as much personality of a model as possible. So the models are allowed to take any props they want. We ask them to be comfortable with any level of nudity they want. So they can be dressed, they can be naked, whatever they prefer. We just give them the approximate length for the pauses they usually we are usually doing and ask for something dynamic. And the model is doing the setup, the model is doing um, poses comfortable for them, and the model is welcome to bring their own music. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to my podcast, Sex and Art. In this podcast, I'll combine my passion for art and sex with my passion for very interesting people. In every episode, you'll be allowed a peek into their world and we'll find out how they connect to art and sex. I'm your host, Zir Berlin, and now let's find out who's our guest today. Cheers and welcome to this podcast, dear Alexandra and Liana. Cheers. Wonderful. Good sound. In the beginning of every podcast, I usually try to talk a little bit about what I do with this podcast and why I'm actually recording it. And that's pretty similar, actually, to what you guys try to do, to make people feel better about themselves. So while we go through life, we collect a lot fear, shame and pain around, for me in this podcast, sex and art. And I would like to shine a light on exactly these topics to make people understand they're not that weird, they're not that alone. And we can learn from stories um, other people tell us. Um, what is also important for me is that I want to create a safe environment for you guys, our listeners, and also for myself. So every question I ask, you can always confidently say no to. So there's nothing we have to talk about. It's all free will. And this kind of, I hope, creates a safe environment where we can intimately talk about sex and art. With pleasure. Nice that you guys are here. We cheersed already. And this is what brings me immediately to your sessions, because there's always wine involved, I feel. Wine and art are always uh, blown together. Coming a bit to the background, uh, I studied art in Russia and it was nothing to do with wine. It was always very serious, very academical. And of course, we did live drawings uh, for the practice, but it was like class. No music, people were not talking. And if you wanted to listen to your own music, you have to wear headphones. For example, if I like someone's drawings, I never came to the person actually and said that I really appreciate your art. Or asking, like, for example, do you have a sharpener? So something that you couldn't avoid asking if you need one. I had a different experience because I was modeling and there were actually a lot of people approaching me after. And uh, I met a lot of friends while modeling in Russia. So for me, it was quite different. But yeah, I actually don't know why wine. I think we just 
like wine a lot and we also drink quite often as embarrassing as it sounds <laughs> <laughs> i mean we didn't say explicitly that you two guys are from russia uh, but now it's clear <laughs> um one box ticked <laughs> To put the stereotypes away, I hate drinking vodka. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like drinking vodka. You both live in Berlin right now and you both are from Russia. Did you know each other in Russia already? No. Actually not. We met in Berlin. Uh, we met also, I think we both moved here in 2014. Yeah, we moved here at the same time and before we lived oh. in Moscow. So it's very similar background. Mm -hmm. Uh, but we met like in 2016, or which year it was? I think it was 2016. Yeah, maybe summer 2016 yeah. or autumn or something. Yeah. And it was very ro romantic way we met. <laughs> <laughs> tell us, tell us. We want to hear the full story. Uh, I came to that drawing session. Uh, it was an amazing place called Künstler House. It was a house uh, in Weizensee that a community of artists rented, renovated, and they uh, run a bunch of creative events there, like jam um, sessions and some uh, live drawing session and even kind of festivals where they invited uh, music, um, uh, some bands to play. And Liana was posing with a model for live drawing mm. session. And then they asked Liana where is she from? And she said, I'm from Russia. And they like someone thought, like, she's from Russia, pointing on me. <laughs> you should talk. And we're like, okay. <laughs> and then you <laughs> fell in love. And not immediately, actually. No, I'm usually very reserved with people I meet. So I think it was not a very instant connection that we had. We actually also know each other from life drawing. I met you first. Alexandra. It was uh, the session with um, Eli and Louise. Yeah, exactly. And I think it was this exhibition that you were preparing. Exactly. At some point I did an exhibition with everyone from the group because I had a space where I could do an exhibition and invited everyone to bring a life drawing. And then uh, Eli and Louise could uh, model there. And I heard you, Liana, was also there, but I can't remember that. Yeah, I was also there. I do remember that Alexandra invited me. So funny. Um, I, I consciously remember getting to know Juliana from It's a Bar, where you guys were running one of your then in presence life drawings. Oh, <laughs> such a good time. Yeah, back then. I mean, we went one level higher later when we were doing the Zumstark and August performances. So that's really where we were able kind of to get closer to how we imagined that should be and what we wanted. And I think the last session that we did at Sumstak and Agus was a blast. And then the lockdown came. So it was the session scheduled for the 1st of November. So we moved it to the 31st of October on Sunday. It was a coincidence that it was the same day as the the Mexican Day of Dad. It was a topic of the session. And then we also came in the costumes. We asked the public to wear costumes as well. Only a few people came, but it was still super cool. Being dressed there and being a part of the performance. So it was like more immersive experience. So it was super nice. Yeah. Before we get really into the deep details of your super nice online session you run, uh, we should mention that these online sessions have a name, Sketcherei. Is there is there a story to the name? Of course there is. So please explain what does Sketcherai mean? What does where does it come from? So there was one evening when we were um, 
hanging out in the place called Weinerei. Mm. It was also the time when we just got our new studio. Um, and it was quite a mess and we had to clean a lot, but it was in the, um, in the meter next to Weinberg, I think it's called. Yeah. And there's a place called Weinerei when we were drinking wine and we were brainstorming on the name. There was a friend of mine who actually now lives in Stockholm. She just moved a year ago and she's the one who suggested the name Sketcherei to us. Or was it someone from us who suggested it? I don't remember. I think it just came and everyone loved it. And we just we just keep it. It happened in Weinerei. And... I really like it. And it's like a, a German ending to an English word. It's also like kind of immediately gives an impression of we live in Berlin. How international is the environment? And it's also with a lot of fun. We also have English speaking audience who called us Ketchery. We are fine with it. People are yeah. getting the idea basically. So they, they, and the idea was that basically there is a place where you can come to sketch. Yeah, where the sketches are produced. And now we are facing actually a big challenge because we don't have a place. And we try to create this space online. Yes. Since when? Are you doing that? When did you decide? Now we're going online. No, we started, I think, in March 2000. No, not in March, May, May 2020. May. And then we were doing for it for, I don't know, three, four months. And then we went back offline. But we were still continuing doing this kind of, um, I wouldn't say it online sessions, but it was kind of a stream from the session. So people who are living in Berlin can also join or people who are cautious about the health and not want to leave their place could also join. And yeah, since November, we are back online full time because it's never ending lockdown in Germany and we are happy <laughs> to bring at least something nice to the world. Boring life, I would <laughs> describe it like that. Yeah, and, and that's really, really nice uh, that you do that because so many people are uh, in desperate need of having some beautiful distraction and also the opportunity to create something with others. Uh, when it first started out that people made online life drawings, I thought like, ah, all these online stuff, I don't like it. Where's the three-dimensionality? I need that, you know, it's too easy. And now I'm so, I love it. And I'm fearing that when countries open up again, this will disappear and I want to keep it. It's actually funny because it was also what I thought because Leanne told me I joined online laptop and I was like, online? It couldn't be good. What's, how should I draw from the screen? What does actually life drawing mean to you guys? I mean, we all met through life drawing. You obviously have a long history of doing it yourself, of even modeling. Um, I'm not 100% sure, Alexandra, whether you also did model. I think we talked about it, but I forgot again. No, actually I haven't. Are you planning to? I don't know. I'm like uh, being the part of the artist where I'm, I'm also like organizing and I'm watching the model. And I think it will be too much if I'll be modeling myself at this point. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't definitely do all three jobs at once. That's a bit much. <laughs> Drawing while modeling and uh, telling people what to do. So um, is there something what you would say, this is what life drawing means to me? Why you like it so much? So basically for me, life drawing is kind of like one of activities I do. So I also do urban sketching and yes. I can't say I'm an urban sketcher. I used to draw in the bars and my Instagram, Instagram name is bar sketcher mm -hmm. that I 
don't do anymore, but I still <laughs> think it's kind of funny. <laughs> and um, for me, uh, the life drawings, actually, like doing art, um, for me, uh, if you're doing art, it's important to keep a habit of doing it regularly. Because I, uh, in my past, I have like stopped doing art and then I started again. And then I just realized that nothing was, nothing is working as it used to work before, like after two years break or something, your head and uh, hands and eyes say just not correlating. And for me, um, life drawing is kind of um, doing something on regular basics. So I, uh, every Thursday, in the evening, we meet together online now. <laughs> it used to be Friday and with wine, but now it's Thursday and online also with wine. <laughs> and uh, then we uh, create art together. And one can find you on Sketcheri on all the social media to if one wants to be part of that. Join us. For me, it's a, it's a good question. So I started modeling before I started actually sketching life drawings. Mm -hmm. Um, I was first modeling for the sculptors. Oh. Uh, I think I was just curious how it works, basically. Um, I don't quite remember my motivation. It was around 10 years ago, maybe. And I quite like modeling because it's interesting. It feels like a performance a bit. Um, so for me, it was just something that I wanted to do in a way of performing, in a way of expressing myself. I mean, we'll also talk about Russia, right? Back then in Russian context, getting naked in front of the people was, um, especially if you're not doing it in like monetary interests or something, um, this is something different because now, right now in Berlin, I'm not so keen into life drawing, modeling, just because everyone can get naked on the street and it's not important anymore. But back then in Russia, 10 years ago, it was quite bold to just decide I'm like this um, very young girl and um, I just want to like get naked in front of the public and model. I don't think it was my way of finding like the body consciousness, maybe a bit, um, but it was definitely a, like very bold statement that I could have done and I just did it. When we talk about life drawing, I think what we do in Russia is our teachers always recommend us, at least my teacher always recommend me to draw a lot of people because it's basically sketching the always changing subject. Sketching the always changing subject. I like that. Yeah, I mean, you can debate it, right? Nature is always changing as well, but the, all the art is so anthropocentric that it doesn't matter anymore how the clouds are running. Like, it's all about people in the end. So it's about human body, like architecture, music, whatever. We're not creating for someone else rather than for people. So mm -hmm. the life drawing is like this ultimate symbol of the anthropocentricity of art is just you're drawing a person and you are a person drawing a person and so we were always recommended to uh, sketch people in the train um, uh, the commute in Moscow is quite long so you would usually get like a couple of sketches at least from any ride that you do in the metro live drawing is just a way of yeah, I'm developing our skills because you can try different materials, you can try different medium, you can try different approach. And it's always a very interesting topic because all the people are different. So just uh, catching those differences is also something very interesting to do. Did you ever get caught that you're sketching someone and they were not so amused? Many times. I mean, in Moscow, it just happens all the time. Mm. 
I don't know, I was not, I was sketching when I was an uh, art school student in Moscow and then I stopped. Mm. And here, I don't know, people usually are very happy when they mention it. No, I'm usually them. they used to be before Corona because now it's kind of like a bricked wall of masks. And mm. <laughs> I don't know if people really they like look at each other, sketch each other. No, we have a lot of like um, Matt, for example, who is attending our sessions. He's catching a lot of people in masks in uh, public transport as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see also a lot of people sketching masks with pleasure. Um, I, I totally can understand that you don't like that so much, Alexandra. Yeah, for me, it's kind of like I feel the distance, you know, because before it was also like, okay, I also try not to like look constantly at the person I'm drawing now, they wear a mask. And I think it's, I don't know, like for me, it's with when this pandemic started, the distance got much um, um, wider. And that's taken us back to our online live drawing sessions, because there we could draw people that are at their homes. They are at the safe spaces, if you want to call it like that. And they are posing for us willingly. So it's a good opportunity to practice it and then to meet someone new. Because the model is always a new person in your life. Absolutely. And it's very inspiring the way you're doing it. Because you're not just doing boring, academic, normal people figure studies. You're doing a lot more exciting things. Yes, please uh, tell us when we if we start doing something boring because that's <laughs> oh we will we will and I think I think both of you don't really know what you're actually creating or have created there um, because in the pre-talk we had you said yeah but we don't really know whether whether people like it I mean I saw you guys evolving from Berlin doing uh, in presence sketching things and then um, becoming more and more professional also in the online. Um, life drawing. It's one of the best conducted uh, life drawing session. It's also so nice to see you guys. So who's doing the introduction? Who's saying something towards the model? Who's doing um, counting people in? And that's really well organized. And there's always a nice music to it. Who's responsible for that? That's Liana. <laughs> yeah, that's the introvert in the team. So definitely. <laughs> introvert in the team I understand so I, I totally appreciate that do you um do you just put music together you like or is it has it something to do with the model posting on the evening thank you so much for asking I think one of the reasons why you say we don't understand what we create is um like basically any part of community it's not also something that the organizers did but something that the community is replicated from themselves and something that you brought to it and something that you added so we try to make this experience as inclusive as possible in a way of including not only like variety i don't know what what we mean by being inclusive now but also like different personalities, different kind of emotions, different kind of approaches. We have very different people. Some people are showing their drawings in the end, some people don't. And by trying to include everything, we also try to bring as much personality of a model as possible. So the models are allowed to take any props they want. We ask them to be comfortable with any level of nudity they want. So they can be dressed, they can be naked, whatever they prefer. There's really no guidelines. We have no guidelines as of what they want 
um, to use during the session. We just give them the approximate length for the pauses they usually we are usually doing and ask for something dynamic. And the model is doing the setup, the model is doing um, poses comfortable for them, and the model is welcome to bring their own music. How it usually happens is very rarely the model will put themselves the whole playlist and share it with us. We had a few models like this, but most likely they will just share a couple of their favorite songs. And I will just use this inspiration to put the playlist uh, for the session. What is your inspiration of doing it exactly that way? What is your reason behind it? Uh, the reason is, I don't know, in my experience, usually the models, uh, so it's kind of like performance, right? Posing for on, for live drawing session or for online live drawing session. And usually um, the person who's in the center of attention, they um, know what they want to do. They know like, like kind of the pros, they know what they want to show people. And if they like have some ideas to say like, okay, I want to post for a live drawing session, I want to do that. I never say like, no, you are not allowed to do this, just do like classic mute for us. Because it will kill the vibe. It will like uh, stop the person of doing what they want to do. And then I'm sure the session wouldn't be good. And uh, of course we discuss it before uh, in the session beforehand. And if, for example, um, the model has many ideas and say like, okay, I can do that, I can do that, I can do that, maybe you can help us. Of course, then we take part and say, okay, okay I would love that. And sometimes we come also to say some new ideas uh, through this discussion. But as Liana said, so we prefer to give as much uh, freedom as possible because the freedom of expression uh, usually means for us the great session. Yes, so you're basically giving other people a stage for being themselves and creating what they also want to create as a model. Yeah, I think because it's also for us, I mean, you have attended our live drawing sessions, so you know we are very notorious in the shortest poses ever possible. So out of all the scope of online live drawing sessions, Sketchery would do the shortest ones. So we will never have a 20-minute pose, no matter how many people would ask for that. Um, and there is a reason. I think basically where we started and why we started doing like drawings, we were both very bored by the long poses. Because of the long pose, um, I can tell you as a model, you go numb. You go numb, you're hurting, you're just sitting there. Um, the artist starts remembering all the anatomy classes they had before. So they were like, oh, there should be this muscle here. So I will add it. Mm. And then, so it's a lot of um, overthinking. It's not overthinking. We don't give artists time to think about themselves. They have to draw what they see. Um, I think it came from my first art teacher. Uh, she's an animalist. I like drawing animals a lot. And I was training in the zoos actually more than I'd like drawing sessions. Ah, interesting. A place where you cannot kind of like have time to reflect what it should be, but you have to sketch what it is right now. So we've given the model the space, the freedom. We have to sketch them as they are. When you talk about short poses, you really have to go with the first instinct that you have when you have someone posing in a non-conventional way or some a performer posing for you, which is not used to like being like posing like this. And there is really like very little time for preparation for the artist. They have just 
have to trust their first instinct. That's where the wine comes from and kind of losing the mind a bit. Yeah. But we try to create the sessions where you have to trust your instinct and to go with your instinct rather than just think about what you're supposed to do here. And having models posing as they are without giving them any instructions, it's also a surprise for us because we never know what the model would do. It can be great. It can be horrible. So it's always a lottery. Yeah, I never saw a horrible session with you guys, really. But I think the model also feels this um, appreciation of themselves and, and therefore can, can express themselves a little bit better. If one comes back to the person uh, who is actually drawing, that's also really nice that you kind of like to create an environment where one can't go into the self-criticism or judgment, what we do a lot, right? I totally agree with you because for me, it's also about capturing the moment, you know, mm -hmm. and the moment couldn't last for 20 minutes. The moment is like, that's it. Alexandra, you started this um, style of dynamic, um, I don't know, really remember how you called it, dynamic sketching or dynamic life drawing? Slow motion. <laughs> you mean this? Yeah, oh, oh the, the slow motion we need to add definitely. Uh, maybe you want to talk about that first, the, because I think you were one of the first ones who actually included that into the online life drawing, the slow motion. I think actually uh, maybe it's it's a good thing because uh, I can tell you about my first experience of slow motion life drawing session. It was yes, also the, it was also in the Künstlerhaus. Uh huh. I was just shocked. I couldn't draw anything, you know, and I had like a huge sketchbook with me and you can see like I was trying to draw the model, I was trying and at some point I gave up and started to sketching like artists around me because they were sitting still and the model was moving, it was with uh, Lena, the mm -hmm. session. And then at some point I, I overwhelmed it, I was like, okay, come on, here's the model, she's posing for you, let's try it again. And then some of that worked. But I think it's a really good exercise. It's just like very uh, hard to do it like for two hours nonstop. Yeah. So we reduce it for 10 minutes What? at the end of the There are people who do it for two hours nonstop? I think there was like some static poses. But for example, as we know in Russia, there's also some sessions they do continuously. Slow yeah, they do with professional dancers and we sometimes join them online. They're so amazing. I'm always like, ah, go away. Go away. It's too, it's too nice. Um, and I do understand this feeling of, uh, oh, this is too much. I, I cannot follow the lines. And sometimes I feel I can. And sometimes I think, oh, no, not today. Um, but I think it's a good way of looking at it to um, appreciate the model who's kind of giving a show uh, for one. So, one. so one can just try out something. And it's also like, it's a little bit like doing the very short poses. If you have no option to uh, escape, um, so you just, you know, you're forced to do it. They're coming super nice creations out of it when you not judge yourself because you can't, because there's no time. So what we currently do, because we are not only inviting dancers, we give people freedom to decide what kind of movement is more comfortable for them. Mm -hmm. And I find it even more enjoyable because some people do the yoga sequences. Some people, we invited a fashion model and he did like this fast posing. Um, for everyone who doesn't know what the fast posing is. So fast posing is when a model has to shoot for a certain type of uh, a journal or a website with the clothing and they usually like change the pose every 
like few seconds just for the photo shoots to go without stopping to shoot them in different poses exactly. for the catalog for the site. <laughs> And that's what we did. So he did a fast posing for us, just switching for the poses rapidly as if for the photo shoot for some fashion magazine or some for Zalando, for example. That's exactly what they do at Zalando. Uh, on the voguing, it's a dance. So we had a Vogue dancer who actually did an amazing voguing performance for us once. So there is something actually very special about your uh, life drawing sessions, be they online or in presence. You have a special type of models. Where do you find them you find them online <laughs> <laughs> no actually i would you know there are like a lot of things that you can complain about social media but also they are a great place to find new people and uh, it happened a lot when we just like i don't know or searching through instagram and suddenly you found someone who's like oh this will be exactly the match for our live drawing session let's write to this person and you know and then you kind of like out of nowhere right like hey we're organizing live drawing sessions they want to be our model and when they agree it's comes to very cool collaborations and what helps us is that we are so inspired by the performers we are just seeking for those people um and finding them for like friends online uh, as recommended or actually a lot of models are writing us now yeah yeah it's actually very funny it's uh, argentina because you know like we would never come to these models but they have a great community there and we'll have already like three models who will mm -hmm. who are posing for us all totally different but uh was great experience and you also work with the berlin strippers collective how did that come um, actually, we just like start coming to these sessions because it's also a Berlin Strippers Collective. They uh, used to organize uh, live driving sessions um, in the strip club. And I've never been to strip club. So when a friend asked me, like, do you want to come to draw strippers? I was like, of course I will. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, just like, I don't know, I'm very easy going with people and talk to people. And also like the first session, I was like, hey, girls, if you like, I offered the model one of my drawings. Because I usually do it, I used to do it as a real session. So if like I think the model likes one drawing, uh, he or she or they can take it as a part of my appreciation. They also really appreciate it and so like, oh, that's nice of you. And I don't know, somehow we became friends. That's really nice. I, I kind of stole that from you, that you um, do that, that you said you could just um, give one of the drawings as appreciation to the model. Spread it further. <laughs> I like this tradition. I remember you did recently, one of my favorites was this self-suspension session. Can you explain what it is and what your fascination about that was? It's actually a funny story how, it, uh, how we actually uh, met people uh, who gave us the contacts. So... Um, because Berlin nightlife is kind of paused, there is still some shows with all the accordance with the uh, COVID regulations we're going during the summer in the uh, club called Wilde uh, Renate. Mm -hmm. So there was uh, this booth outside where uh, there was a how is peep show? Peep show, yeah. So there was like a small windows on the sides and you can peek through them and there would be a naked performance in the middle, like some sexy, eroticized, you name it. And um, 
so I was there watching the Berlin Strippers Collective performing that night. And there was a girl who came with an iPad to pick for the hole and sketch. We just chatted a bit. I told you that we're doing live drawing sessions. She told me she's not going to live drawing sessions, but she's going to this Shibari live drawing sessions sometimes, which are like super secret and secluded, and she will never tell me what it is. And Shibari is for the ones who don't know yet? Shibari is this art of um, tying things with ropes, basically. It comes, honestly, um, Fabio will tell you so much better. So Fabio was one of the first riggers that we had for the session. But um, in my uh, very primitive language, so this is the Japanese art of tying with ropes, which, in the, which initially was a torture for the, um, for the enemy that you called in the war felt. You will tie them the way they will feel uncomfortable and you will keep them uncomfortable for a rather long time. So they um, start suffering. But later it derived as an art of war um, inspired art and beauty. So, yeah, so she told me she's doing those very sessions, but they're so secret and secluded and she will not tell me. And then once she came to one of the sketch write performances in the bar and, and we chatted and uh, we had a good time. And then after the lockdown happened around December, um, she texted me and she said, well, actually a friend of mine who was doing the Shibari uh, drawings is seeking a way to go online. Maybe you guys can help them to um, get online space. So that's how we first collaborated with Fabio and Sally. And the last self-suspension session with this sub was with Sally why we decided to repeat it again because people really loved it the first shibari that we did and let's do it again and the second one it was nothing like we expected i think alexandra is drawing more of those erotic time sessions really eroticized online sometimes ah yes i've been um joining the rn sessions yeah so there are a bunch of like um which is also great very eroticized sessions but what actually struck us at that session, it was so intimate and meditative. And it was nothing about being erotic. I mean, it was totally non-sexual. It was like totally non-sexual. Not that sexual is bad, but yeah, it was intimate. I found it super um, nearly romantic. It was like a, a stage play. And with the music together, it was a real nice performance. And I did so, I mean, I don't want to flatter myself too much, so nice drawings, but because I couldn't think, I was so overwhelmed by the lines and the body shapes and the whole stage. That was totally amazing. I really loved that one. It feels like that you guys are a little bit more sex positive in in the sessions. Would you say that too? Like this, this is explicitly a sex positive life drawing session online? I would say like that we want to make sessions so sexualized as the model want them. Of course, I think like the normal, the most common thing for live drawing models that they like unfortunately haven't experienced also bad stuff in this uh, way because it's kind of like you're naked, you're exposing yourself and unfortunately sometimes it will be misinterpreted um, but of course, for example, uh, in the sessions with sex workers, they do like differently because they kind of, uh, they sessions are usually more sexualized 
what shouldn't happen is a drawing session. It's of course there should be like no comments on that. There should be like no sexual harassment. But if the models wants to keep it that way, why not? I mean, we just don't have this kind of mindset that it should be or should not be something. Our only goal is just to create the session where people face different experiences and they don't have time to reflect much on them. They just have to go with it. For us, whether it's like very sexy and erotic session or like a very academic session, we just accept it. That's actually a very nice lecture for life. Uh, and I like that. So one can really steal this um, prejudice-free approach you have to what the model does and how the drawing ends up to, uh, and, I'm, and I'm, I guess this is also your attitude towards new people or towards people in general, to look at them like they are and just find out with a certain curiosity. Yeah, of course, like, you know, we are, like, you know, if when you don't, uh, do an online live drawing, you are not very in control of things. Yeah. Because the internet connection could be bad, the light could be different. Sometimes the model couldn't speak English very good, as, as maybe you remember I was speaking Spanish with Eliana and my Spanish is like zero. So there's there's always um some help. But what I find really nice in your sessions, especially, you mention when there is something a little bit off. So also that lowers the expectations from the person who is drawing, then we know ah, there is a problem. One knows it's taken care of, or there's just no way of, of doing it different right now. That's really nice and I appreciate that totally. So I feel really safe and well um well fed in your sessions that is also involving people into the session so for example if they were not happy with some poses they say like okay please uh, write your post request in the chat and we will uh, maybe ask the model to do this or that pose and then the people uh, completely uh, change the attitude they don't feel angry anymore but they feel involved. And I also want to talk about your activism part. I mean, this already is kind of activism to approach someone without any prejudices, but you do also stuff, should I just call it activism? So we are actually having a slightly different uh, agendas with Alexandra. So we are kind of completing each other. I think we did a couple of sessions on the very popular trending topics. So one was BLM, Black Lives Matter. And the other one was uh, the rainforest protection that we did in August. Yeah, so we did those topics um, together. But apart from that, we kind of share the agenda a bit, but we still bring it to sketch right some ways. So we did the, I, I will just talk for my part and then Alexander can take over for her part. I brought this topic of Yulia Tsitkova to the live drawing session. That's the last session, uh, the last um, I think that's the last activist session that we did, if we call it activist one. And um, there, exactly, there I tried to uh, guide the public towards doing something that I wanted them to do. And I, um, I prepared my outfit uh, for the session. So I'm also doing embroidery art. And I did the underwear with this... Uh, rather prominent embroidered vulva on it super nice by the way you should look it up liana do you have it on your instagram i do okay i put it all of course in the description so one can find this beautiful embroidery go on uh yeah so this uh, session was about a very complicated topic 
when you do um, activism, especially online activism, you really have to break up complicated topics to very simple thoughts. So we just approach one part of the problem, which is female body, female body and art. Why is naked women appreciated in one part and then not appreciated in the other? Why is the big valve by uh, Gustave Courbet can be in the museum, but then um, some people can go in jail for drawing vulvas. So um, it was just this kind of contemplation that we wanted to share with the artists. And for this session, I think I was quoting a lot Yulia Cvitkova, who was the activist we were fundraising for, that is currently facing up to six years in prison uh, for a different reason, so other than as uh, LGBTQIA plus propaganda. So in Russia, we have such thing as a propaganda of a homosexual relationships, which is punished by the state. Yeah, for, for children, they tell it like for people under 18, you're yeah. not allowed to tell anything about uh, homosexuals. Yeah, to basically. Yeah. Mm, mm. That may be considered as propaganda. Basically, where you're coming from is part of your inspiration, what you do on the activist part. I mean, you always have to root activism into something, right? For any kind of involvement, you really have to create topics that kind of like closer to you or that easier for the uh, for you to relate to. So for the artist community, we took especially the topic of the female body being drawn. And one of them was quoting, as I said, Yulia Cvitkova and her, uh, the vagina monologues. So the blog she was writing with all the types of vaginas drawn in it. And the second thing is there is an interesting fact. So when NASA was sending, apparently when NASA was sending a picture of human beings into space, so for the aliens to discover it, the very high level and realistic picture of a man, of a woman. And in the beginning, so the man has a penis and then the woman has like this little a line between her legs, but then NASA thought it's too much and they removed the line. So woman went into space without having any line separated between her legs whatsoever. And that's unfortunately the thing we see a lot in the online drawing sessions. People just ignore vaginas as a thing. There is no vulva on the model. It can be a line, but not more. And we had models with the vulvas, sorry, but they're like outer labia was showing out. This was ignored by all the artists. What do you think is the reason for that? That's a very good question. I think everyone should answer it themselves. I wouldn't be guessing. I just think it's not normal. I think everyone should contemplate for themselves what is it that is happening, that we have such a stigma around female body. I just did this huge vulva embroidery, so it cannot be ignored. So it's like the brightest object on me. So people just can't pass by it, but there were still people who didn't catch it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This is always do. Uh, what I wanted to add to this topic. So basically, I don't know, in, for example, the art academy where I studied in Russia. So I think like Russia is not very, so the people are not very open about nudity. Yeah. So when you go, for example, to the sauna, you have to cover yourself. And otherwise, you know, there are, okay, of course, there are some FKK uh, beaches and everything, but usually they're only like elderly men there. And um, there was a funny uh, story that we had some, I don't know, changes in like our administration of the university and uh, every half a year we did kind of like um, an exhibition show where we presented all the works we did. 
And suddenly everyone had to draw the underwear on top of their models, even if they post naked. Mm. <laughs> we had to cover it. I don't remember what the reason was, but someone like from, I don't know, from the, like in Russia, it's also very hierarchical structure. So someone from Greco, mm -hmm. uh, the administration like of the university said like, yeah, the head, the head of the head. And <laughs> they said like, that's not appropriate. And everyone had to cope with it. And I, I think it just, completely ridiculous and uh, you know it's especially in the art academy where you're kind of heading this cult of the naked body you see in all the stages you uh, taught through the art uh, through the um, history of art how people um, evolved on appreciating human body and then you have to go under on the models like sorry guys yeah i mean this already happened to many artists uh, i remember egon schiele um i was in a museum in Vienna and I thought like this picture is off there's something wrong with it it's not the composition doesn't work uh, because he had to um, paint a dress over a naked body but this oh. was different times one might think but um, I think we experience right now a lot more how big the world actually is and and where um, this also is happening about the activism I wouldn't like describe myself as activist But mm -hmm. for me, art was it's kind of like my, my refugium, you know, I feel always comfortable with my art and I don't feel, I don't put any pressure on myself that I want to say something with my art or I want to like express something. So I don't want to put these bold statements. But of course, now, if you like looking around, so there are some topics that you just couldn't skip. You know, you just like are not allowed to stay silent. And of course, Liana has a lot of ideas on very cool topics. I support her. And for example, also this thing with sex workers is, for example, also not the thing that you will normally uh, talk openly in Russia, right? <laughs> And for example, I also like had this conversation and Liana asked, like, do your parents know that you're drawing strippers? And I was like, of course, I'm, <laughs> I'm talking about it all the time. <laughs> And uh, I think it's also a way of destigmatizing it. Yes. Yeah. And, and you guys might think that this is a thing in Russia or um, William was also talking about that Brits are a bit prude. And um, Dana actually was also talking about that. The same sauna story, by the way, um, <laughs> and that Germans like to get naked everywhere. Not true. I know so many people who say, and, uh, and, and the people are naked there? Really? And they immediately confuse it with a sexual thing. So I think the main topic we're talking about here is the sexualization of the mainly female body and uh, why there is no other view to that. Why can men walk around without shirt, but women can't, right? And why is a vagina a no-no? And I think it's so important that we start normalizing these things. And that's, I think, That's what I understood, what you're actually doing with your sessions, because you said, no, we don't want the labels. We're actually not really wanting to be called activists. That's actually normalizing things there are and creatures there are and body parts they are. <laughs> I really enjoy, enjoy that. Do you, did I kind of understand that correctly? There is no correctly yeah. here, honestly. We do it because we feel it's normal to do it. I did this vulva embroidery because I felt pissed there are not people drawing vulvas during our sessions. And I was like, well, now, guys, I give you no choice. <laughs> But 
any kind of the logical conclusion and learning you take from it is really like up to you and up to everyone who's visiting our session. And I will bring this example again. We had this session for Yulia and there, there was like this 73 years old artist from the US who texted me, emailed me after the session. He was like, well, after the session, I had to Google what the non-binary people are. So thank you for the education. But unfortunately, being 73 years old, and uh, I think he was widowed or married, something like this. I have to unfortunately admit that maybe I think I'm binary. It's a great thing that someone at 73 years old is Googling what non-binary people are and making this discovery. So um, I think by many things that we count normal, we actually make people think about things they don't know or they want to learn and they want to know more about. Um, this was for the Yulia session, but actually Alexandra is in charge of organizing fundraisers with us for the Berlin Strippers Collective. And then you also do the Zumstag in August fundraisers. Uh, yeah, I had an idea because we have the 1st of March coming and it's a day of workers. And I thought like, why couldn't we do a motor session uh, for the day of sex workers? Very nice so idea. It's also a strong community, but it's getting um, almost eliminated from Instagram because, as you see, they also even have to write sex with uh, three or some different sign. It's not the way things should be, right? Mm -hmm. Can you explain for people who are not so familiar with the topic, what are actually the big problems sex workers face right now? So I think they actually they all facing a kind of like ban or shadow ban on Instagram because they um, not allowing to post uh, any sexualized actions, and uh, it's you know is everything in the world is not like working hundred percent in this way. So basically, apparently, as a man posting a picture of himself uh, in strip club, surrounded by strippers, is fine, but a pole dancer like a strip stripper who's doing pole is posting a picture of herself on the pole, it's not all right. And uh, that's basically the stigma we want to um, fight at some point. Due to some circumstances, we moved the sessions to the 8th of May. Uh, and uh, we will have two um, amazing women posing for the session. It's Chiki and Mia from Berlin Strippers Collective. Mm, nice. And they will post together. Good ones. Yeah, <laughs> very good ones. <laughs> And um, also, as we do uh, for the charity session, we usually uh, donate all the money that will go to the collective. We donate our part to the collective then. And besides the social media part that they're banned and that it's so difficult to write sex, I mean, I do that same for this uh, podcast, actually, that I write sex with the three. It is also that they can't work right now, right? Yes, and basically that's also in Germany, it's kind of like... Um, they can't work, but they're not really getting supported by the state. Because, for example, stripping, it's also kind of, uh, it's kind of like gray zone, if you can describe it like that. Yeah. And um, basically, I also did uh, this auction for them where I um, sold my drawings of strippers and uh, raised some money for them. And I think it's, um, it's a nice way to also, like, to give my appreciation to them, like, Helping, helping them with, with money and uh, with art. That's really nice. And another uh, project that's uh, for this Bart zum Starken August. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've been there. 
the burlesque barn prince lobby they also have an amazing team and really like into the burlesque scene and they are organizing shows every week and we were doing our burlesque club drawing there um starting end of august till the second lockdown came and i'm teaming up with another artist christian Badel, and um, he's also sketching a lot during the performances and we are selling our artworks and uh, raise money for the bar. Is there a kind of a permanent account or something where one can transfer money to if one wants to support your work? Our work? <laughs> I mean, like, if you uh, willingly donate something to Berlin Strippers Collective or zum Starken August, you can just do it directly to them. I think it's just important to mention, we haven't talked about it before, uh, we usually give 50% of donations to the model while we are doing online sessions. Mm -hmm. Currently online, we run it donation-based. We don't do it completely pay what you want because we think every work should be paid fairly. And we start with a quite low uh, rate of 5 euros per to enter the live drawing. And uh, if people from other continents, we do understand, for example, we have people drawing from India and not all of them can pay five euros. We can chat about it. But for Yulia, there is a quick link to donate directly to Yulia from our link tree in Instagram that people can transfer money to. Yeah, that's also really important to know that there's actually in your great work, it's a lot of work going in there. We've talked for quite some time now, and I'm very thankful that you share your evening with you after a day full of work. Um, maybe as a last question, maybe you want to talk about what you think is your biggest reward of doing these sessions, which you actually provide for others. I think it's usually seen how people perceived it. And I'm very happy to see someone posting their drawings and saying something like it was a highlight of my week and mm. really enjoyed it. So, I mean, any feedback is welcome, but of course what warms your heart most is positive feedback. I think for me, it's very important to um, not to stop drawing and to see that such thing as continuing to be an artist and continuing to create a community is possible even with the office day job there's sometimes i mean always i do over hours but then um there are other things in life so there are things to create together with community there are things to express yourself express yourself in an artistic way and it's just a huge reward to understand how like different your life can be, how many aspects can you have and uh, how many new people you can meet regardless of the circumstances such as lockdown, um, such as having a very uh, lame day job, regular mm -hmm. hours, but still meeting all those creative, inspiring people, talking about bigger things and then just, um, yeah, getting together. Yeah, and be a part of it. Yeah, so this is... Wow, I'm super impressed by all the work you do and especially your enthusiasm and uh, the way you're inviting others to join the session. And I hope I'll be part of this soon again, maybe even tomorrow. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for your time. See you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you, lovely humans, 
for listening to this episode of my podcast, Sex and Art. If you want to support this podcast, please don't forget to like and subscribe. And I hope we hear each other soon in the next episode. Have a lovely day.